Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church. City Church is a community of worshippers and mission. We exist to catalyze a gospel-centered movement that renews Lagos spiritually, socially, and culturally. You can find out more about us at www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. Good evening, church. Our Bible reading for this evening is taken from the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16 to 21. When I'm done reading, I'll say this is the word of the Lord, and we respond by saying thanks be to God. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the, name of the, of the, in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, um, DG. But I know it's a little bit preliminary, but can we just thank the music team so far? They've been, they've been good. But, you know, I was here yesterday, and let me assure you, the best is yet to come. We are, we, are going, we are going higher. We are building up. We are just cooking. And that makes my job really tough. Because for a lot of people, when you come to a Christian service and all of that, for whatever reason, uh, the sermon is what we are looking uh, forward to. But with a Christmas carol, my main job is really to not get in the way. Right? It's not to get, so I'll try not to get in their way. I, will, I, I have a few things I want to share here, but I will not be long. And when the preacher says it will not be long, you, how, how, do you interpret, how do you interpret that? I do want to start uh, thanking anyone who is, uh, well, I, everyone, thank you for coming. But for those who are new here, or you've, it's your first time visiting and somebody invited you, thank you for coming for this. I should issue an apology to everyone. I know you'll have noticed something, um, but please just bear with us. right? I couldn't join the carol choir this time. Um, and so even though it's, it's at a high level, we all know that, you know, there are levels to this. But I just figured I couldn't do the preaching, and I couldn't, yeah, so, and, and I didn't want some of them to feel bad. Uh, this is, 2021 is what I've dubbed the, the recovery Christmas. Recovery. We are recovering everything, right? Everything that was taken away from you. Even at the beginning of the year, it's coming back. In this carol service, I don't even know what's taken from you. Some of you are just saying, you are taking things away from yourself, eh? But, you know, um, why call it something like Recovery Christmas? Because at least, isn't it nice for us to have a carol service in person? Last year, we thank God for last year, but it was a virtual carol service. We tried our best to enjoy it. We were all hyping. But we all knew that we wanted to come in and come and sing, right? And so what it really started to show us is when something that is familiar to you has been taken away from you, it's when you truly value it. 
Many times, you know, the things that are around us, we don't really pay much attention to it. We don't value them the way we ought to until they are taken away from us. Familiar things are really good until they are taken away from us and then we value it. So physical interaction was taken away from all of us in 2020. We used to say, oh, these people are always in my business. Oh, I don't like people around me. I don't. And some of us actually liked the lockdown for one month, two months. Three, and then after, it's like, I need to see people, people, just people. <laughs> we were familiar with it until it was taken away from us, and then we valued it. Maybe some of you say, no, I really, really do hate people. I, I hate the fact that we are back. Here's one that you would understand. Arsenal fans, we had the top four taken away from us. We were very familiar with top four. And we were thinking, you know, this top four, we should be winning championships now. <laughs> We will take top four. We will take top four now. You see, we were familiar with it, and until it was taken away from us, we didn't value it. Little kids that are here, you know, when many of your aunties and uncles, including myself, when we were growing up, there was one particular verse of scripture that we were all familiar with. It was the most popular verse of scripture during our time. I don't know what it is now. How many of you know what that scripture is? Just verse. What? That's it. John 3, can we quote it the way it's meant to be quoted, not this NIV version? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. There's a difference between beliefs and believeth. It's even everlasting life. There's a difference between beliefs and believeth. Right? There's some, believe is just what you have. But when you say believeth, I you can't come away from that word. And you know, that verse became so popular, it became so familiar, we didn't value it. When I was in uni, um, greatest aquakite, you shall, it shall continue to be great with you. <laughs> Problem for person who no go unilagro. <laughs> you are good, but you are not great. So when were you like those days? The reigning club, Nightclub in that time, they didn't even give themselves a name. I'm sorry if you heard this before. I think I've told it in some other place, but I still need to say it again. They didn't give their name, themselves a name with words. You know, Club Tavern and all of those kinds. No! The name of this club was 11.45, quarter to midnight. 11.45. It was a raining club at that time. Everybody wanted to go. And usually you hear on campus, right? You hear how people are having a good time. And some of the Christians were like, why? Why are we the ones that will not have fun? Why is it that the unbelievers should be having fun? So somebody came up with a bright idea. Let's have a Christian nightclub. They have 1145. You know what we call that one? 316. Come 316. We are taking it higher. Higher in the Holy Ghost at night. That's why we are so familiar with it. We call Nightclub. I grew up in a church, uh, in, a, in, a, in a Christian home, but I wasn't really a Christian. That was the truth. And I was living my life the way I wanted. But I, I grew up enough in church that I heard all these evangelism and everything. So I knew how to ward off people that used to come and evangelize to me. They would just come, they want to start saying something. I said, no, it's not me. You were sent to somebody, but it wasn't me. They said, no, you don't understand. God loves you. I said, it's not me. And I said, please, can you be good? They said, are you serious? You want to reject what you have not yet heard? 
And I said, what is that I've not heard? They said the gospel. I said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. Please be on your way. It was so familiar that I didn't value it. And then I wandered away from the Lord. And I wandered further away from the Lord. And I wandered even further away from the Lord. But God in his infinite grace and mercy brought me back. Because you see, there is no distance so far away that you can go that the grace of the Lord cannot use to bring you back. And I stand today and I tell you something. As many times as I hear it, John 3.16 never gets so stale. It never gets so familiar. It is so precious to me. And I'm praying that somebody here, if it, is not, it has become too familiar with you, may God bring it back to being precious to you. Yeah. And if you've not heard it before, as we look at how verses 17 to 21 explain it, I do hope that it will also become precious to you because it tells us the real meaning of Christmas. It tells us why these songs matter. It tells us why the drama matter because they are pointing to something that God has offered true light in the person of Jesus Christ, his son. But here's the thing we need to know when we think about this message. Even as God has offered that light, people react to it in two different ways. And it's because they are two different kinds of people. Some people love the darkness, and some people love the light. And so I want us to talk about those two things this evening before we get back into the more exciting stuff. Loving the darkness. Children, how many of you here are scared of the dark? Don't worry. Good, good. Let's raise our hands. If you are scared of the dark, you don't like being in the dark. Don't allow anybody to make you feel bad. Do you know why? Because I was scared of the dark when I was your age. Oh, do you, let me tell you how I became very scared of the dark. When I was five years old, my grandfather died. And when my grandfather died then, people were really nice, but they could also be horrible at what we call funerals. You see, because they put my grandfather in a box, it's called a casket, and before they were going to bury him, they said, all of us, all the grandchildren, we must look at him. And I didn't want to look at him. And they forced us and brought And I remember them opening my eyes. Look at him. And I saw him. And I didn't like what I saw. I saw my grandfather, who was always great and nice to me, he used to buy bread for me, do all of those things. Now he was lying down. And there was some cotton wool inside his nose. And it was very scary. And so that picture of my grandfather always stayed with me. But there was a second picture of someone else that stayed with me. You see, during our time, when I was growing up, the most popular prisoner in the world was a guy called Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela. And as we were growing up, there were all these free Mandela campaigns. There were concerts and all of those things. His pictures were everywhere. But there was one particular picture of Mandela that I grew up with and I could never forget. It was this picture. I don't know what is wrong with this picture. Whether it is the pattern, whether it's the fact he's not smiling, his head looks very big. There was, this picture used to haunt me. <laughs> and so whenever I was in the dark and I was alone, the first thing I would think, I, start, I close my eyes, oh my God, oh my God, I start shouting, come and get me, come and get me, Grandpa and Nelson Mandela are coming for me. <laughs> You see, even though they were, at least my grandfather was good to me, Nelson Mandela, as far as most people would say, he was a good man fighting for the freedom of his people. I knew they were good, but I felt that in the darkness, they were coming for me. 
can I tell you this? Even though we are in darkness, God is not sending his son to come after us to hurt us. God sent his son, he says, to into the world, not to condemn the world, verse 17, but to save the world through him. You see, whenever I was in the darkness, do you know how I got rid of the fear? If nobody came to me, you know what I would just do? I would put on the lights. Clap for her, smart girl. Going places. She'll go to Unilag. Uh, the, the mother said, they, 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 the mother said, no, no. I got father as a professor. You know, but let's do that one. So are you condemning what fed the hands that fed you? We don't know. But turn on the lights. Turn on the lights. Rough, rough, rough. Turn on the light. He turned on the light. I turned on the light. And somehow, the fears about Nelson Mandela and my grandfather went away. You see, in the darkness of the world, when God is sending his son, what is God really doing? He's turning on the light. That's why he said that here is the verdict. Light has come into the world. In another place in the book of John, John 8, 20, uh, 12, Jesus himself calls himself this title. He says, I am what? The light of the world. God is turning on the light and Christmas. While we see so many lights here, they are telling us about the greater light that God is turning on. May God turn on the light in our lives. Amen. But we have a problem. Though God has turned on the light, not everyone will come into the light. That's what verse 20 tells us. They will not come into the light. Not everyone will believe in his son, even though he has sent his son. That's what verse 18 tells us. And the question is why? Look at verse 19. He says, because... They love darkness. And this loving of darkness can be expressed in two ways. Let's take the first one. How many of you have recommended, you saw a video, thought it was nice, you thought it was really funny, and so you thought about your loved ones, people you like, and so you shared it with them. And then you are waiting. <laughs> and they don't react. But of course, you are not a petty person, so you don't say anything. One day, two days, three days, four, uh -uh. five days, uh -uh. now wow. And so you call your wife, ah, baby, ah, sorry, not your wife. Um, you, know, you know, may God give you a spouse that will watch your videos. Amen, amen. So you, the worst one, okay, my wife, she's my wife, she can do it. She can do it, there's nothing I can do for better or for worse. But imagine leading a group of staff. You send them video, and they're not doing anything. God is watching all of you. Appraisal is coming this, is, this December. But anyway, why aren't they watching it? Let me tell you why they're not watching it. Eh? They don't think it's that important, so they have other important things that they are doing at the time. But B is another one. They may think that they have other videos that are even better than your own. Either way, they have alternatives alternatives. And the truth is that why we love the darkness many times is that we have alternative lights to God's light. You see, I don't want you to miss something here. In When he says God sent his son into the world, he wants you to contrast it with another person that God sent. You see, in the book of John, if you go to John chapter 1 verse 6, he says God also sent somebody. He said there was a man whose name was John. And what happened? He was sent from God. 
It was another light. And in 5 verse 35 of the same book, Jesus tells us about John. And he says this about John. He says, John was a lamp that burned and gave light. And you chose for a time to enjoy his light. In other words, many of us have Johns in our lives. Johns that help us with vision in life. Johns that help us, they taught us certain things. Maybe in school, you remember that teacher that, was, that really made you understand maths. I know some of us were irredeemable, we couldn't understand it. But for those of us that got it, that teacher, that was a John. Maybe you're having a problem in your marriage. God sends a John, a married counselor to you. Maybe you're having a problem, you needed someone to help you with your business, to invest. God sends a John to you. We have many alternative lights. Thank God for them. But John was a lamp. And all these Johns are all lamps. And here's what we know in Nigeria. If Nepal should take light, or PHCN or whatever you call them now, if they take light, forget that we have, we have generator, right? If you do have generator, what do you do? Lamp. Your lantern. How many people are using lantern here? You see, when they say lantern, I don't know what you call lantern. When we knew lantern was, you have to kerosene, you know that. Mm -hmm. So you, you use the lamp, and it helps you with the room. Some of us use rechargeable lamps. Imagine there was no headlights on Lekki Expressway and you took a lamp there. What would happen? Lamps are limited. All the Johns in your life, though they provide a light, they are all what? Limited. And you know this. Because that person that was very good with spiritual counsel, when you went to meet them for business, you were like, let me go and meet Dikin Fei for that one. But the person that is good with business may be bad for relation and parenting advice. But the ones that are good with parenting advice, they may be bad with helping with relationships. The ones that may be bad with helping relationships may be a good with relationships may be bad for telling you what football choice, uh, club to choose. Either way, all of them are what? They are lamps. They are good for the darkness in a room, but the darkness that is in our soul and the darkness that goes over the entire world, John the Baptist is not enough. For he is a light, but John 1, 7 and 8 tells us that his main purpose and all their purposes is what? They were witnesses to the light. They were pointing you toward a greater light. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light. He himself was not the light. He is a light, but he's a light that is limited. But there is a greater darkness that is in all of us. And that's why in 5 verse 36, after he said John was a lamp, he then said, but this, I have Testimony weightier than that of John for the works that the Father has given me to do to finish. The very works I'm doing testify that the Father has sent me. Yes, he sent John, but this is a different light. He sent him into the world because he was not part of the world. And if he was not part of the world, the world's problem was not in him. And so any other light that we look to that is not in the sun... Ultimately, it's still darkness for us. But that light has come. But all we have been singing about is that the light has come. Amen? Amen. Glory, hallelujah, the light has come. But if you choose something else, this is the sad reality about Christmas. The light comes 
so that he can light the darkness that is in us. But what if when that light comes, the only light that can light the darkness in us, when we choose to go away, what we are saying is we would like to remain in our darkness. And there is a time when the darkness that is within us will be lived out outside. God respects our choices and he gives us to us. He did not come to condemn, but we end up condemning ourselves. You see, hell is nothing else than the choice of men and women to go in their darkness, the darkness that is inside there, and to live it out to its full reality, farther and further and furthest away from God. But the second reason why we love the darkness quickly is in verse 20, uh, 20, uh, 19. Remember, it says, Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light. Why? For fear that their deeds will be exposed. We don't like being exposed. Forget all this. You meet somebody, you start going out with the person, and you know, you find out you have the same common interests. You start completing each other's sentences. You, you, are, you are born on the 20th of July. She was born on the 20th of February. 20? There's something there. You know, you start, it's just like, ah, she just gets me. She just gets me. And then by the time she now says, she really gets you and says, I think that thing that you do is a little bit annoying. You, you, I think the way you talk to people, that's why people move away from you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you annoy me too much. What's going on? We like the autonomy of, of people not telling us what to do. We call it that they are judging us. But you know what they are doing? We have a phrase for it. All they are trying to do is to shed light on us. But we don't like it when light is being shed on us. You know why? Because we fear that we'll be exposed. You see, our hating the light is rooted really in fear. They hate the light for fear that they will be exposed. And what that results in is that we continue to do evil deeds. And the more we do the evil deeds, the more we hate the light. And the more we hate the light, the more we do evil deeds. And the more we do evil deeds, what happens? Because here's what we think. When the light comes, the light comes to expose me and embarrass me. So many of us don't want to come to God. We don't want to come to church. We don't want to, or we come to church, but we hide these things. Why? Because we feel I'll be embarrassed. If those people know, me as a deacon, me that reads the Bible, me that comes to pray, if they know this thing, I'll be embarrassed. And we don't want to be embarrassed. And so when we see the embarrassment and the shame, the only other thing we think about is that the result of that is God will condemn me. So whenever we come near the light, we are fearing condemnation. But God did not send the light, his son, to what? Condemn us. So what is this light doing? Let me tell you, it will expose you. But there's some kind of exposure that we like and we need. If, for instance, one day you start having a pain in your chest. And like, stop it. And like, ah, the thing went to. Three days after, the pain comes again, double. Ah. Then we reject it in the name of Jesus. And we reject and reject. Six days later, it comes. It's even worse. 
Then you tell your spouse, and you now use some painkillers. 14 days after, you start to Google. And we know that Dr. Google is never a good thing. But your spouse keeps pushing, and you start feeling, and so they tell you, go to the doctor. And when you go to the doctor, the doctor says, we have to do a couple of scans. And when they've done the scan, they look and now say, ah, Mr. whatever, here is what is wrong with you. They shed light. They show what is there. And what does the doctor then say? Especially when it's one that is treatable and, cure, and, and can be cured. What do they say? They say, ah, why do you, why you like smoking, self? What kind of person are you? Is it not smoking that's going to get you all of these things? Good for you. Have you ever gone to a doctor and said, good for you? <laughs> no, that's not the purpose of why they shed light. Why do they shed light? They want to get to the root of the problem. For when they get to the root of the problem, they have the cure for you. Are you understanding? That God did not send his light to expose us and embarrass us and condemn us. Just as the way the doctor sheds light on your situation and then offers you medication or even surgery that brings about your deliverance, God did not send his light to condemn us. God sent his light to what? Save us. He saved the world through him. And so how then, if you are not going to live out of fear of being exposed, if you are not going to choose alternative lights, how would you live? Verse 21, you live by the truth. And those who live by the truth, he says, they go to the light. They love the light. They come to the light. Why? Because they are attracted to the light. The things that they do, they do out of the light, and so they want to go near the light. They know the light can expose the darkness in them, but they are still attracted to the light. And you say, why? Have you ever um, spent some time with unserious people? Anyone? <laughs> like you spent, you habituated with unserious people. Anybody? Right? Thank you for those who are honest and raise up their hand. The rest of the people that didn't are the unserious people you spend time with. <laughs> I spent time with some unserious people. When I say unserious, I didn't want to lay about. Low lives. In the mid-90s, we stayed in an estate, and the estate had this community center. And, you know, as a very good boy, when my parents go out, I went to the community center, and I spent time with the guys. And I was learning the way of life. Now, the guys that were there were guys in their early 20s, mid-20s, and what were they always doing? They were always discussing, talking about how life is bad. Life isn't fair. They were always talking about how if not the government that weren't stealing all the money that they were stealing, do you know that the government, the government just go into the banks and they just carry their money? Do you know that the old, Babangida owns all the banks that are here? They, we are discussing all of these things. The other thing they always discussed was why? Their uncle or their auntie or their sister or their brother, the person that they were squatting with, how they are just wicked people. And they always talked about how rich people were selfish and spoiling this country. And they always did that. When they were doing that, they were always either drinking, smoking, or playing snooker. So, and I used to play snooker too. Now, I have to say, I was playing snooker, not snookers. There is a difference between playing snooker and snookers. You know the difference? When you play snooker, you pay and you go. When you play snookers, you drop money, you are betting. That's the difference. You get it now. Uh -huh. Parents are scared of people that play snookers, not snooker. I always have to explain to my mom. So they were always playing that. Always playing. 
They love to hang around themselves. Let me tell you one thing I know. They did not like hanging around serious people. I started to find out. There were certain people in the estate who will come to the community center, but only came in the evening. Do you know why? Because morning to afternoon and late early, they, were, they had work. These guys didn't have work. They were doing productive things. And so they gathered around and I started to flock towards those people. And what I realized about those people is that they were also attracted to people like them. They were attracted to people that would inspire them. And when they inspired them, they continued to be more productive and more productive. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Those who are in darkness are attracted to the darkness. They hate the light. But those who are in the light will be attracted to the one that is the light. Amen. And so we go towards Jesus and then some of us will say, yeah, that's the problem. That's why I can't measure up. Because to go to Jesus, to go towards Jesus with my own good deeds, I don't have any. I'm not like those very good Christians. You are missing the point. Because God did not send his light into the world to be an exemplary light so that we too can also shine our own lights. No. How did they do these good works? Verse 21 tells us, and I want you to understand this because it says that, and the translation isn't very great, but rather than, you know, when it says they have done this, they, um, so that it, plainly, it may be plainly seen that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. It's really better translated. What they have done has been done in God. The good things they do is not originating from them because they too are in the world. The good things they do, when they go towards the light, they don't go towards the light and say, ah, Jesus did his own. Look at my own. Hey, God, Jesus, let's sit down together. When they go to the light, they bow down. Why? Because the very good thing that they do that brings them near the light is done in God. And you say, how? Whenever we see light, it's the evidence of what? If we come into this place now, and the ACs were off, the light was off, and we switched it on, and the lights didn't come on, what do we say? There's no what? Power. There is no power. There is no life. You see, the presence of light tells us that there is the presence of what? Life. The people who do the works that they do, they don't do it because they manufacture their own light, but because there was life in them. God sent his light to every one of us, not for us to prove that we are good before God, is to say we all are in darkness, but if I give you my life, I will give you my light. And so he says, in him was the life, and the life was the light of men. So that when God sent his son, he sent his son to perish in our place so that we may have what? Eternal life. And all those who have eternal life because they believe in him, they will also shine their light. And this is the message of Christmas, that we have God sent his son out of love. God, love, son, life. Light. God is lighting up his people because he has sent his son as that light. Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church. Love Jesus. Love people. Love Lagos.